artificial intelligence has exploded, particularly with the news of ChatGPT. So how can engineers get into what's happening and what has changed since our past episodes about artificial intelligence engineers on this podcast? What have I learned about machine vision and what can I share? This is the Engineering IRL Podcast, a place for engineers in the real world. We try to break down engineering concepts and figure out how to apply them to real life. Let's become better problem solvers, better engineers. This is your host, Andrew Sario. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Engineering IRL Podcast for engineeringinreallife.com. I am your host, Andrew Sario, and this is Revision 48 of the show. Today I'm live from Melbourne. We're doing a testing of an MVP, which uh, I was a key developer for, and it was a cutting-edge project, so that's been pretty cool. Um, the format today is kind of based on the OG format that we had at the, you know, at the very beginning of this podcast. I'll answer some questions and just catch you up on everything engineering IRL. So today we'll take a look at machine vision and artificial intelligence engineers as well, and also what to look out for next. Okay, so question, the first one is, uh, you know, the last episode was released in 12th of March, 2021. Where have I been? So actually, it's it's the thing that I always say, like, you know, as I do all these kind of projects and side projects and engineering IRL is supposed to focus on the engineering side of things. Sometimes, you know, you just have to do some engineering so you have some stuff to talk about. But I also did do a bunch of stuff. I mean, that last episode was kind of during COVID. So the key things that have happened since then was I self-published a book, if you didn't know. It's called 10 Plus 1 Steps to Problem Solving, an Engineer's Guide. And I pretty much take you through this... Uh, guideline like a methodology that i use when i'm problem solving and it's kind of based on things that i've learned throughout my career and what i do is in each chapter i actually talk about you know specific situations or scenarios that i did or that i went through where that step kind of became prominent um, and it's kind of cool because it all ties in together and all that stuff so you can always use it um, for whatever problems that you're having i also did an interview with jeff perry on the engineering career Co coach podcast um which is actually really cool. It was surreal for me because I actually listened to that podcast a fair amount. And then to be on it and then have an episode there was uh, really cool. You can catch it on the Engineering Management Institute YouTube channel. I'll put links in and all that stuff as well. I've also released a bunch of YouTube videos and TikTok videos. The next YouTube video, um, I'll be breaking down Elon Musk's five tips for engineers with a systems and software engineering perspective, um, which I think you'll find pretty cool. Um, I also spent a fair amount of time on selling products on the engineering IRL, web, IRL website. So that's everything from like, you know, the engineering notebooks that we created, my book, and then the, the different products. I, I'm testing out like this, uh, the Wildlight, which is essentially, it's just a headlamp, but it's a wide angle headlamp. So it looks pretty cool. Um, and then I also created Obsidian Breakers for the Sandbox. So I wanted to learn a little bit more about blockchain gaming and kind of what's there and the sandbox seemed pretty uh, a pretty interesting one to get into and they actually have a platform so I already have games out there which was pretty fun and I've been entering you know random competitions here and there only one you know 100 sand on two separate of the competitions I think I've entered five so far um, but the next project for that is I'm intending to 
basically go do a full blown um, game, entire platform, all the music, character creation, all that stuff. And I think it'll be a good combination of all these. I think there's about three separate side projects that I want to create, and I'll just kind of pour all that energy into that. Um, and then, of course, a whole bunch of engineering. <laughs> so lots and lots of systems engineering, OT cybersecurity stuff, and software engineering and innovation is all the types of things I've been doing. So the next couple of episodes, I can, I guess, expand on different features of that. And obviously, today's one is about the machine vision stuff. Um, as I always say, it's good to talk about engineering, uh, which I do with this podcast, but more importantly, once in a while, you need to go and actually do some engineering. So if you take a look at even Lex Friedman, right, he's probably the most popular <laughs> engineer podcast at the moment. But in if you look at what he's doing in 2023, he's planning to do a lot more engineering and, you know, build up his team to help him deliver the podcast type content that he's been doing. Um, yeah, so coming to this episode, um, something that's been exciting to kind of full, uh, come full circle on is if you remember back to early 2019, I did release a couple of episodes around artificial intelligence engineering. So that was revision 27. Uh, so about 20 episodes ago, uh, DeepMind AI, AlphaStar and Arf artificial intelligence engineers. That was like 31st of Jan in 2019. And then revision 28 was about AI safety and should engineers learn artificial intelligence? And that was in February of 2019. Um, and ultimately I did rec recommend to new engineers to consider learning about it, even even just finding out about it. But I think there's a lot of opportunities there, similar to you know cybersecurity areas and things like that. Um, yeah, cool. So what's the cool news is that I actually had the opportunity to go and work on some projects that, have, that are related to it. Um, <clears throat> And it's some pretty cutting edge stuff. And I think there's a bit of a learning gap. Like, so a lot of systems engineers won't know much about software stuff. They might know a little bit. And I always encourage, you know, systems engineers to get some coding experience such that you can at least read it, you know, interpret it. And it also gets you in the mind of what, what companies and engineers are trying to do with their products on the platforms that you set up. Uh, uh, so yeah, what, what have I learned about machine vision is the first question. So the first one that I think is kind of interesting is ultimately, and this is the same thing with most engineering, you know, there's the hardcore science of it all, which is good to have a foundation in, which we typically do, right? We have um, foundations in all sorts of science, but then the engineering portion of that is doing something with that. Like what can we build? What solutions can we create based on that? What are the problems that can be solved? And, it's a fun exercise, I think, to take a look at your current company's problems or your, whatever in the engineering space that you've just deemed as, yeah, that's that's the limit of what technology can solve for us. And then we build around that. Now you get to go back and question some of your original theories or assessments and say, hey, can technology solve something here now that wasn't before? And does that change our approach? Right. Um, and so machine vision's matured quite a lot. I think there's... A couple of things to think about. One is, the, you know, the accuracy of things, and you think, you know, they're getting pretty accurate, but then that can affect performance. You can get super accurate, but then you're not as real time. And if you're in the systems engineering space, a lot, a lot of the work you do is, if it's not real time, then it's not super useful. Um, and it might be, right, for post analysis things or something that maybe it's not super critical, but very useful, and you can gain efficiencies. But in other applications, it's really about that real time. And the cool thing, what I've learned, and I think what I've been delving into is the uh, YOLO algorithm. 
which is as good as real time as you can get. It's very efficient. It's very quick. And I actually found that a very good uh, stepping stone to get into AI stuff. I did explore, you know, DeepMind, all that, all the stuff that started with the Alpha Star things um, and AI safety and learning a lot of that groundwork uh, type things. And then there's the actual like, hey, can we drive a vehicle? This is what Tesla's doing with it. These are what, you know, Waymo and other companies are doing with, with that. And that's a whole nother problem space. But it is a step away from, you know, normal system stuff, especially in, 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 in industrial applications. It's a little bit pie in the sky, you know, it's a very long step away. And as engineers in the industrial space, you know that a lot of the times, you know, we're about five to 10 years behind uh, current technology, right? Things that roll out there is, is quite behind. Cybersecurity, as an example, is a huge, huge, huge push right now. But um, a lot of the techniques that are there are used, are, um, have been around for, you know, 10 years plus that we're only implementing now. The good thing that's happening there is the conversation conversation is shifting with the whole IT and OT differentiation so that we can understand what techniques make sense to apply um, in an industrial setting, in a you know industrial control system setting. If you want to know more about that, then obviously our website has a lot of information there um, around operational technology and what, what that is. But anyway, so coming back to the machine vision, um, <coughs> the next question is how hard is it to get into? And like I said, if you Nowadays, there's a lot of, you know, those kind of like five minute video roll ups that can simplify things. But I think you need to at least do one session of trying to maybe it's a lecture or maybe it's uh, online content or something like that, where you go and learn deep in the weeds a little bit and you don't have to master it. So that's not a problem, but it's good to have that kind of basis. Um, and then you you start to understand what how is it different to other computing uh, other ways that you've used computers to solve your problems like so when i was talking about that problem space like it's a little bit different you can go back and say hey i used to be not be able to do this at all it's an impossible task and now we can and some of it's going to be questions around um <clears throat> so maybe you have a scenario happen and you have a camera there and you say you know what happens when you know someone enters this space right or uh, can we detect certain things happening? And normally we put in special sensors. So you imagine like a um, uh, in a power station, you have like a temperature sensor, let's just say, and you go, well, I can only infer things from the temperature sensors around what's happening. So if it's something like a fire, you might uh, look at the temperature sen sensors like increasing in rate, but that doesn't necessarily mean a fire. And something that you could capture on a camera is something like smoke. Right, so if there's smoke and we detect it, then maybe we can say, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so to get into it, you need, what helps a lot is to think of a specific scenario, right? So you, you've done your base work, understanding of what it can do overall. I, I stuck with machine vision initially, then you think about, okay, where could we possibly have cameras? What type of data are we collecting? Then you think about a few specific pain points or problems. You start from there. And once you have those two pieces together, you can follow in where could machine vision solve a problem here? Where could object detection solve a problem here? And then you work up from there. Because if you try to take on the whole thing, like there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot in this space. I know you know that, but um, it, it helps to focus on a specific problem and uh, go end to end with that. 
and then you can expand out. That's the way I found it to be a lot uh, easier to get into. And like I say with other things, you don't need to master all the science of it. You need to have a good foundation of it. But you do need to have an, an understanding of the problem space and the potential solutions. And then that's where you can start playing and going, hey, well, if we can do this, can we do that? Um, yeah, so that's how I did it. Okay, so then next question. How do you land projects with AI or ML within your company? That's a good question. And B is what if your company doesn't have anything in this space? So, and this goes back to the whole theme of what I've talked about in this podcast. But if you want to land projects in AI or ML and you're not currently an AI or ML engineer, it's not your specialty. There are specialties within your company that just do that. It's really about positioning. So imagine that you are passionate or focused on problem spaces that could be solved by an AI type project. If you're the one that's normally solving problems there, when when the business decides, hey, we're going to start exploring this, uh, these type of solutions in this problem space, you're already kind of a de facto go-to in that area, right? And it's just about talking and reaching out to your, you know, your line managers and things like that and putting it out there that this is the type of thing that you're interested in along with your research. And what I found to be useful is almost suggesting ideas around that type of space. So it's like, hey, if we had this capability, we could solve this problem. And that becomes interesting. And then it's like, okay, hey, there's a person over here working on that stuff. Maybe I can link you up. And then you start talking, you start a conversation. So that's how I would normally recommend to get into things is, A, you have to put out into the universe of what you're wanting to get into. And then you show some sort of competence or capability or, or understanding, like you can speak the language. You're not just randomly saying AI this, AI that. You might be specifically talking about inference or a specific algorithm that could solve a certain problem. And then that'll attract a lot more around that. And then if your company doesn't actually have anything in this space, again, it's coming back to that understanding the problems that your company's having. And you might have specific pain points that just existed and everyone's built around. And you might have to build the basic capability to to bring that forward. I think that's the best way. So, yeah, as I do more on this machine vision stuff, you know, everything's been focused around um, the transport industry. It's been super cool. I've learned a lot. Um, one, the the cool thing is like, so you might want to learn Python because that's where everyone's uh, developing stuff for, and that's where a lot of the libraries are. But what I did as my first uh, equivalent of a Hello World project was a basic machine vision one. I can put up links for that as well in the episode uh, uh, description. But what I did there was you can follow through a guide and you don't have to fully understand the code. I think it was about 40 total lines of code that I had to do with a lot of that just being a couple of prints and things like that, um, where it just takes your laptop takes your webcam and it can do object detection of like 80 different types and then you can play with it. You know, chuck an object up, mobile phone, person, mess with some colors, all the basic stuff that you would normally do with a Hello World type project. And you're already like, okay, I've created a machine vision project and you build up from there. That's the cool thing about what uh, I'm suggesting in in this code base is like you can within 10 minutes, do it, okay? You might be tempted to go to ChatGPT and just say, hey, write me a, um, a basic YOLO uh, program to you know detect objects with my webcam and copy paste some code. You can do that. I do recommend going through the steps of like, okay, well, let's write this bit of code and run it and see what this does and then do the next bit, then do the next bit. 
even if you're not going to be the person at the end of the day that's going to put in the algorithms and you're just designing systems around it or overall big picture solution, this is the groundwork. This is like when you're at uni and you're learning the specific math. Maybe you'll never use it in your career. You'll just look it up and, you know, use the outcomes of it. But you don't know where it is you can apply certain solutions. Like in reality, everyone's like, oh, just check AI, it'll learn. And then that, that, that means nothing. You can't actually do anything with that. So I think creating something for your own is a huge stepping stone, which is what I've done. And, you know, that helped me immensely with this project that I'm working on. And then now that I've worked on a real problem space, it's like it's all expansion from here. It's all learning more. Um, yeah. And that's it. So machine vision, artificial intelligence, engineering. It's a space that I'm positioning to, I guess, be available for in case opportunities arise there. And I think it's going to be, it's not about it being lucrative, although it might be. But it's about, I guess, it's it's understanding what's the latest technology and solving problems that we never got to solve before. I think that's kind of an exciting thing to be able to do. You build things that interact with the real world at a level that you never had available to you before. You know, us in system space, we put in a whole bunch of IoT sensors and and maybe that's also another area of interest that you're, you'd be thinking about in cloud engineering and all that. But to me, it's that full stack, a full loop of an idea that you create or that you've got in your mind, goes through your requirements, you build, you test theories, and then you make something, right, with technology that actually interacts with the real world and solves a problem, right? It becomes real. And I think that is the coolest thing that we do. And artificial intelligence is definitely something that, if you don't understand it, it can be, you know, Terminator, Skynet, scary stuff but it also could be something where you're part of the solution in a way that it's no longer scary right in a way that it can be positive and, and you're part of that and that's it um so quick one for this one but yeah first one back in a long time so the next episode i want to talk innovation building mvps and products which is what i mentioned i've been doing and then maybe for the systems engineers out there you might be asking like you know how do you balance your bau tasks your normal business as usual tasks with innovation type projects i've touched on this you know all the techniques and things that i've said throughout this whole podcast and in my book in the past it's just like i've been applying it and it's still been effective so yeah but obviously i'll be addressing the nuances there and it'll be quite interesting and that's it so don't forget to pick up an engineering notebook if you haven't yet it's the one with the five by five mil grid um, which is useful for the type of stuff that we do. Um, and it's got engineering drawing title blocks for each page. So if you're a designer, you want to have like, you, th you think about these notebooks that are more, you want to come back to it and you flick through and you see the way that you're thinking, the way you're coming up with stuff. Or you develop something, you want to come back to the OG thoughts, you know, sketches that you had. I think it's a cool thing to have. Um, and finally, visit engineeringinreallife.com if you haven't recently. I've revamped that website. You can search for Engineering IRL on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And now you can actually also find us on Amazon Music and Audible. So if you have friends that use those platforms and you know haven't delved into Engineering IRL then, and you want to give them a good recommendation of a good podcast to share, please do it and do let me know as well. That's it. Thank you.